Welcome to another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick. Last time we followed Dante and Virgil through Limbo, where they spent a moment in conversation with the other great poets of the ages. Today we go on into hell itself. We'll meet two of the most famous of Dante's characters, Paolo and Francesca, who are whipped around in the whirlwind of lust. I'm using my new translation, which is available on Amazon. So let's begin with Dante's Inferno, Canto 5. So I descended from the first circle into the second, which girds a lesser space with so much more pain to urge anguish. There sits Minos, horrible and growling. He examines the guilty in the entrance. He judges and sends according to his coiling. I say that when the ill-born soul comes before him, it confesses all, and that connoisseur of sin sees what level of hell is best for it. He coils himself in his tail as many times as are the grades down which the soul's been sent. Forever in front of him stands a multitude. One by one they come conquered to the judgment. They speak and hear, and then they are thrown down. O you who come to the dolorous abode, spoke Minos when he saw me, leaving the act of his high office. Watch how you enter and whom you believe. Don't let the wide way lull you and my leader to him. Why all the screeching? Don't halt his faded way. It is willed thus there where will and act are one. Now demand no more. Now begin the agonizing notes. Now I have come there where a great complaint beats against my ear. I came into a place mute of every light, bull bellowing as the sea in a storm, beaten by contrary winds. The hellish storm, never resting, sweeps the spirits in its rapine, molests them, whirling and beating. When rushed ahead of the ruin, oh, how they shriek their complaints, their laments. Oh, how they rage at the divine power. I understood that thus the lustful sinners are damned to be tormented, those who submit reason to desire. And as the starlings' wings bear them up in the cold in large, full flocks, So does that breath drive the bad spirits, here and there, and up and down and around. No hope can ever comfort them, no hope of rest or lesser pain. And as the cranes go chanting their songs, forming a long file in the air, so I saw come heaving sighs, shades rushed on by that terrible air, to which I said, Master, who are these people the black shade lashes? The first of these new shades you wish to know, he said, was empress of many tongues. So broken by lechery was she, that in her law she made lust licit, to turn away the blame in her conduct. She is Semiramis, of whom it's read that she was Ninus's wife and his successor. She held the land the sultan now commands. The other is she who slew herself in desire, and broke faith with Sichaeus's ashes. Then there's lusty Cleopatra. You see Helen, for whom such ill-spent time rolled by, and you see the great Achilles who contended with love at the last. Look at Paris, Tristan. More than a thousand shades he showed me, naming as he pointed those whom love cut from our life. When I heard my teacher speak the names of the ladies and knights of antiquity, pity seized me, and I was as one lost. I began, 
Poet, I should wish to speak to these two who go together and seem so light on the wind. And he to me, watch for when they're near, and then appeal to them in that love that takes them, and they will come. As soon as the wind bent them toward us, I moved my voice. O oh, breathless soul, come speak to us if it's not forbidden above. As doves called by desire, with wings raised and still, move through the air to the sweet nest, born by will. So they left the crowd around Dido, coming to us through the malign air. So strong was my affectionate cry. O oh, living man, gracious and benign, you who come visiting us through the wasted air, we who tinge the world with blood, if the king of the universe should be our friend, would pray to him for your peace, since you pity our perversity. We would listen and speak to you, of that you'd like to hear and say, while the wind as now is still. I was born on that shore where the Po descends to the sea, in peace with its several tributaries. Love, so quick to seize the gentle heart, impressed this man with the beautiful body taken from me, and the way still offends me. Love, that pardons none loved from loving, so pressed me with the pleasure of his presence that, as you see, it's not yet abandoned me. Love led us together to death. Kaina awaits the one who spilled our life. These words were borne out from them to me. When I understood those afflicted souls, I bowed my gaze and held it low so long until the poet said, What do you think? I began when at last I replied, Oh, what time, what sweet thoughts, how much desire have led them to this painful pass. Then once more I turned to them and spoke, and I began, Francesca, your martyrdom makes me weep with pity and distress. But tell me, at the time of the sweet sighs, how did love reveal your doubtful desires to your minds? And she to me, there is no pain greater than to recall that happy time in misery. Your teacher knows this well. But if you so wish to know the prime root of our love, I will tell you as one who tells in weeping. For pleasure one day we were reading of Lancelot, how love entranced him. We were alone and without the least suspicion. Again, again, that reading urged our eyes to meet, discoloring our faces, but it was a single stop that conquered us. When we read of the desired smile kissed by such a lover, this man, will never be divided from me, trembling all over, kissed me on the mouth. A Galahalt was the book, as well as he who wrote it, that day we read no further on. While the one shade said this, the other wept, so that in pity I came down as if I died, and I fell as a corpse falls. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you Tuesday for Canto 6.